0: I suppose status update. League is over. Uh, how has it been from a Limerick point of view? Uh, what's been your general takeaways from it all?
1: Yeah, I think it's been a great league. To be honest, we've um, we've had a couple of, I suppose, mixed results. Um, but I think our performances have been have been kind of trending in the right direction. Um, look, realistically speaking, yes, we've had a couple of losses, but that's not always a it's not always a terrible thing during the league. You know um it's not the worst thing in the world to have a loss or to to um or yet to have a loss that you can kind of reflect on and see where you went wrong um see what we can improve on things like that i suppose it's kind of nice well it's not nice but it's it's not the worst thing in the world to have a loss or in year. you know one that's not going to have a huge impact um on, on the championship going forward you know it's kind of nice it's kind of nice to have a couple of key areas to to identify that you need to work on um, following the loss, you know. So uh, I've talked about failure in the past and how failure shouldn't always be a negative thing. So I suppose in real life, in real life circumstances, then when you do have a loss, especially in the league, it's not not the end of the world, you know, once you learn from it.
0: And from your own point of view, we've we've seen you off the bench a lot, how has that been for you?
1: Uh, Well, I actually picked up, I picked up a bit of an injury after the Galway game. that kept me out of the of the the waterford game and the Cork game and came off the bench yesterday so i was, was kind of i was mad to get back on the field yesterday but it was such a nice day above in above in Cusack park and westmead and mullingar um so i was mad for road yesterday so i'm i'm back training now the last week or two so as i said hopefully looking forward to championship in a couple of weeks and um there'll be we'll have obviously fairly competitive next two weeks in training trying to trying to get on the Trying to get on the team so it's kind of it's kind of funny you normally have an ice break after the league you might have a week off and then four or five weeks leading into championship whereas obviously this time around we have two and a half weeks kind of from now um so yeah training will be important over the next couple of weeks as you can imagine what was the nature of that knock you got uh a bit of a, I a brain injury kind of I, it was not it was nothing it was nothing i can't remember when it happened uh but i was fairly I was fairly sore the day, Monday and Tuesday after the Galway game. And, um, yeah, it just took a bit of time to, to... I just took my time rehabbing it and making sure when I came back, in fairness, to the lads looked after me, making sure that when I do come back, I was right because, as you can imagine, if you get another... If you come back too soon and then get another little knock and you have another two or three week injury, then you're kind of nearly out of the first round of the championship and it's kind of hard to get back into the team
0: then. So, um, so yeah, that was it. It was nothing major. Uh, finally, for me, for now, you, you mentioned, you know, It'll be uh, an interesting couple of weeks in training. Um, John has obviously, uh, you know, given a lot of guys chances in the league, and I mean, it was already a competitive panel, but it will be fairly ferocious. That you probably have one good uh, hit out at each other for the next week in training before he's sell down for Cork. So there will be guys trying to put their hands up, won't there?
1: Yeah, and there has. That's the, beauty, that's the beauty of this year's league. That there has been a lot of lads that have put up their hands, um, and I suppose we'll have probably. Uh, We'll probably have a game maybe this weekend between ourselves. Um, and obviously, they do put a huge emphasis on training and how fellas are going in training. And it is a, a bit of a meritocracy in Limerick that if the lads that are training the best or playing the best in training games or playing the best in the games, we'll get the start in Jersey in a couple of weeks' time. So, as I said, it, it will be it will be a very uh, interesting and demanding couple of weeks of training. But that's that's what we're in for. Thanks, Gerard.
0: hey, hey Grodd. I was gone.
2: Um Crow, there's been a lot of talk about freeze this year and how easy it is to get a free. Do you, do you would you agree with that?
1: Um there has been a lot of talk about um free counts and referees uh since the start of the league this year. And I think at the start of the league it was it was much more it was much more um Prevalent, I suppose, the the number of frees that were given in the in the early league games compared to maybe towards the end of the league. I would imagine, I would assume, this isn't anything, uh, this isn't a fact. But I would say that the free count early on in the league was definitely higher than it was later on in the league. So I do believe that referees, look, they were under the spotlight and there was so much scrutiny being put on them um, in what is already a very difficult job for them to try and referee um, in the county games anyway. But the amount of uh, spot, the spotlight that was on them, I think was possibly a small bit unfair. They've uh, obviously a tough job to do, but I do believe that they're that they're applying a small bit more common sense uh, towards the latter rounds of the league. And look, there's there's a saying that you that you wouldn't get that in a championship game. You know, um, for years in the GA, and I suppose with fans coming back into games now, um, hopefully over the next few weeks as well, um, you will see the you will see the free count maybe come down again a small bit more. You know, I think it, it, this kind of happens nearly every year, from what I can think of there's always something goes on during the league and then there's a big there's a big discussion about it and then what kind of when it gets to the championship it kind of gets forgotten about because there's more common sense um applied during during the championship i always feel you know so i would hope that it it keeps trending that way in terms of in terms of look there's been loads of people coming out giving out about the amount of freeze being given in games and I i i do believe that the majority of people don't want uh, hurling games to, to turn into free taking contests. I don't think anybody wants that. And as I said, with spectators going back to games, they definitely don't want that as well. Everybody, I uh, will all, always say, is that a, a nice free flowing game of hurling um, is always the best way. You know, I, I always think that a referee has done a great job if uh, if you can't even remember who's refereeing the game or if, if if you don't even recognize them when you're on the field, you know. So I think common sense has been applied a small bit more in the last few weeks and hopefully that'll keep going for, throughout the rest of the championship
2: so you would be kind of seen as one of the, the more physically stronger teams but did you worry i know john Kylie said it feels like the tackle has changed in a couple of months we chat and saying listen we're going to have to completely change our approach here even and you know we need to because otherwise we, we could be giving away 20 freeze a match or,
1: yeah well we definitely we definitely looked at it uh after the first game or two that we were giving away too many frees without a doubt and Look, you can blame you can blame everybody by yourselves, but at the end of the day we we just had to look at ourselves and realistically the majority of them were freeze against us in the first two games. And I know it was frustrating um, in the in the first kind of couple of games in the league, but realistically when we went back and actually looked at it, we'd always look at on a Tuesday night after a game, we'd always reflect on the game that we've just played. And realistically, the majority of them were free. So uh, the onus was kinda of on us to improve improve our tackling efficiency. And I think we have done that very well over the last couple of games, as I said. This is an assumption, but I would imagine that our freeze, freeze against would have been well down from the first couple of games to the last couple of games in the league. So, look, as I said, more common sense has been applied from the referees, without a doubt, but I do think it, the onus was on us to improve our tact and efficiency as well, and I think we have done that. And as I said, hopefully that keeps going as well.
2: Good stuff. And then the, the kind of connected debate is, is it too easy to score these days?
1: I, I don't like this argument because I believe that what do like what do fans want what do i i would imagine uh, if, when i'm finished up harland that if you're going to a game you want loads of scores like do we want hurling to turn into a defensive sport like football had been in the last few years i think they're coming out of that now and the emphasis now is more on attacking football but like if you're at a game and there's 25 scores each or 30 30 scores to whatever a couple 222 like that's that sounds like a serious game of hurling to me that sounds very enjoyable game um, to be at to be witnessing as i said we don't want it to turn into a free taking contest i don't think anybody wants that but i don't like the argument is it, is it too easy to score nowadays i think people should should turn it into a positive rather than negative and, and appreciate uh, the level of score taken and the skill it takes to actually to, to 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 take some of these scores in championship games because um i think the level of hurling and the quality of hurling is is improving all the time and i think the, the quality of players in the game and the quality of games in the last few years has been off the charts and especially with the introduction of the, the round robin um, I think that's improved the level of the game again giving, more, giving players more experience giving fans more games to go to so on and so forth so I think I don't like the argument is it too easy to score I definitely don't like that argument because I think the, the quality of, of the game at the moment is 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 absolutely sensational
2: I suppose one concern is that if it's too easy to score points out the field nobody will go for goals but you wouldn't you don't think that's a, something <laughs> we need to worry about?
1: No, I don't. I don't. I think, I, I think there's, I think there's ebbs and flows, and I think that people can get too zoned in, and all they want to do is score points, and they don't want to score goals. Believe me, we've I, in our own team, we've talked about definitely trying to add a few more goals to our games. At the end of the day, goals. They they say goals win games. Maybe not so much anymore, but I do think a couple of goals is definitely something that um in every game that uh, anything wants to get you know so i i think there's a small bit too much emphasis being put on point taken and all this kind of stuff at the end of the day what do spectators want they want to see interest in good games with plenty of scores and i think they're getting that um so as i said i don't think there's any need to to change the game of hurling too much you know so i
0: grow tower things brian barry here oh, right um Playing Cork uh, in a few weeks' time was it a strange kind of balancing act to get right um, in terms of concentrating on your own preparation when you
1: met them there last week? Or yeah, I wasn't involved in myself. But I was at the game obviously, and I was obviously at training in the lead up to the to the game, but. I always say, I always kind of uh, caveat this by saying, I know it's the boring answer, but honestly, we never ever focus on who we're playing. Like, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether you're playing Westmead or Tipperary or Cork or Galway or Waterford, they're, they're all the teams we played in the league. We never spend too much time looking at the opposition. We would do a small bit, obviously, of prep on them, but we just focus on ourselves. Um, 95% of the time is focused on getting ourselves right, making sure that we're well prepared. Uh, making sure that you're going to training with full preparation and making sure that you're going to train and giving your all and honestly I know it's kind of the boring answer but that's that's what we do as I said we do focus a small bit on the opposition but the 95 90 95% of the, of the preparation before a game is all about making sure that we can we can be the best that we can be you know and, uh, and I think that's I think that's a positive um, a positive out, outlook on, on terms of in terms of preparing for a game because and um, there's not like worried about the opposition you know you are ever going to come up against great teams um but all you can do is focus on yourself and if you do that well then you give yourself the best chance of of being successful in my opinion anyway and um i, I personally i really love that i really love that outcome.
0: yeah um obviously that game against cork it looks like it's going to have a few more fans is so that welcome development obviously or... absolutely
1: yeah jesus i think uh the sooner the sooner we get back to the sooner we get back to fans being in games again, the better. You know, um, like I don't know, there was twenty two and a half thousand people in Wembley yesterday watching England and Croatia, and I know they're a small bit further down the line than we are, but I would hope that at minimum that they that they go ahead with what is planned, and maybe even they may be able to ramp it up a small bit more. I'm I'm not sure. As I said, I don't pay too much attention to it because there's so much negatively associated with it, and you're absolutely lynched if you have an opinion on these kind of things, but. Um, I would hope that the minimum requirement, anyway, is what they have. It was what they have proposed. As I said, as far as I know, that they're they're looking they're looking at getting full attendances uh, in the later stages of the Euros, which has happened well before any later stages of the All Ireland. So I would hope that um, we can see decent attendances. I, I'm, I'm I'm not expecting full at uh, 82,000 people on the All Ireland final in a couple of months, but I would hope that we can get decent attendances at games, definitely throughout the summer. Has the fact that there's been no crowds there, has it the changed anything specific about the games, in your opinion? Or? I think it is a bit different, definitely, yeah. Um, a lot of the emotion on, on game day is definitely not there, as it would be when fans are there for obvious reasons. Um, but realistically, once the ball, like, as I, I kind of mentioned this earlier on, that pre-game and post-game is extremely different, obviously. Um, but once the ball is thrown in, and to be honest, it's, there isn't too much of a difference. Um not for us, anyway. I don't. I don't feel like we've been affected too. Much. We haven't been obviously affected by it too much, and I don't think the way we play it doesn't. It doesn't affect us too much, whether there's crowds there or not. But obviously, on a personal level and as a team, we do want fans to get back in the game, uh, get back at games. But as I said, before the game and after games, it's very, very different. Um, but once the ball is thrown in, it's still the same game. It's still 15 on 15 with a referee in the middle. It's still the same rules. Not much changes. Yeah, uh, just last one for me, there, and Now, just the last few weeks, you're the latest convert to bamboo stick. How are you finding it, or- Yeah, well, uh, in fairness, I've I've been using Thorpey earlies for um for a good few years now, and they're 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 a serious stick to be fair. And I've been with Sean there, and Sean sent me out a couple of. He sent me out a bamboo last year, all right, and I loved it, and actually broke it in club championship before we went into the All Ireland uh, into the in back with Limerick. Um, actually don't i do came out to tackle me he was we were playing Brandon Ballingerie a, in a relegation final and he's obviously with Limerick for a long time and he's a selector with us and he kind of he kind of he hit me a dirty belt and it kind of broke um but and then he kind of sent me out another one and i wasn't mad about the, the next one and obviously i couldn't call out him because we were in the middle of a pandemic so i kind of went back to using the ash but then at start the year this year he sent me out another one and uh, and i loved it and i am i am using them at the moment and uh, uh yeah they're they're, they're lovely in it's, it's I'm always looking for small small improvements if you can make them. And look, I'm using them at the moment. not to say i never go back to the ash. I always love something about an ash early that I always love. But there isn't too much of a difference between them in terms of um, strike and, and feel. But th- there's something about the bamboo that I do really like. And as I said, I'm always very open to to trying to improve. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Grow, Hi, Graal. Uh, Kevin
0: O'Brien here. Um, I'm just wondering about coming in to this season as hurler of the year. Um, like Austin Gleeson would have spoken in the past that after hurler of the year, he kind of put a bit too much pressure on himself to follow
1: in a couple of seasons. But did your mindset you change at all coming into this campaign when you probably will be more of a marked man? Yeah, I suppose that is something that I would have um, that I would have had a conversation with, um, with Caroline, or our sports psychologist, in terms of just trying to, just trying to replicate uh, how I was feeling last year in terms of going into games, I was very kind of laid back, and as I've spoken about it, how I wasn't worrying about, wasn't worrying about too much things, and uh, say you didn't get a good night's sleep night for a game or whatever, you know, and just kind of getting back into that, getting back into that mental state where you're just nice and relaxed going into a game, and um, and I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm I'm still in that I'm still in that kind of mindset so far. Obviously, the championship hasn't started yet, and, and time will tell as to as to how we go this year, but. Um, Honestly, I think it's it's just it's just kind
2: of
1: focusing on what's important, you know, just making sure that you're getting the most out of yourself in training on a Tuesday night and a Friday night, just making sure you're looking after the gym side of things and your nutrition and your sleep. And after that, just not once all those boxes are ticked, just kind of forgetting about it then until until maybe an hour an hour or two before the game and just having to crack with the lads and trying to enjoy it as much, you know. Um that's what works for me. As I said, in my in other things obviously work for other players, but that's what I feel uh works best for me is just kind of relaxing into the game and and going from there, you know. And um, I would have talked in the past about I'm a I'm a very reflective person and obviously I would have reflected on last year and what worked for me and what didn't work for me, you know, and obviously I'll try to keep on to what worked for me and, and try and improve on a small few aspects as well, you know. So um a work in progress. Yeah. And
0: just as a team, like is there still scope for Limerick to improve? Do you think you're still on an on an upward trajectory?
1: I, I think so, yeah, without a doubt um i think if we were if we were just trying to maintain our position then it's nearly like a race if you're just trying to maintain your position you'll be passed out you've got to keep stretching away from you got to keep trying improving and, and stretching away um and i do absolutely believe that we have we have still a good bit of room for improvement you look at our lead performances so far this year they've been small but inconsistent as i said we've had a couple of uh we've had a loss um we've had uh have we two losses with two losses yeah um and obviously a couple of inconsistent performances here and there so we do absolutely have massive room for improvement as i said i'm 27 this summer and i i'm nearly one of the older members i am one of the older members on on, on uh if you look back at the teams that were starting last year we wanted to I'd probably fourth or fifth oldest so we still have a lot of young lads on the panel i still consider myself young um so as i said we definitely we definitely have room for improvement you know i think Regardless of who you are, look at—I always look at uh, Cristiano. Look at look to other other sportsmen and Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, and they're they're still always improving. They're still beating. They're still improving their their numbers every year in terms of goals scored, so on and so forth, up until they're late 30s. So without a doubt, I think we—I think without question, we have room for
0: growth. Yeah. Just the last one for me, um, like you mentioned, some of the younger lads there. There's, you know, the likes of Kotlin, I suppose, there's a bit of excitement around them. What have they added to the set of the younger lads that have come in the last couple of years? Like I'd say it's an important thing that you have to always be involved in as a team. You have to have these guys pushing you on.
1: Oh yeah, they've added serious competition. And that's what drives that's what drives um that's what drives us in training. As as is obvious, we put a lot of emphasis on our training. Um in terms of whoever's going well in training starts, as I just said a few minutes ago. And in fairness, they're 18, they're 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 both, they're actually doing the leaving search at the moment and they're just they're just a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Um, they've I, I I in terms of their strength and condition is just outrageous for, for two young fellas that are sitting there leaving cert. They're so they're so far ahead of where I was at 18, it's just off the charts in terms of their in terms of what they, the numbers they'd be hitting in the gym and and in fitness tests and things like that. They're just they're they're exceptional young men. And um, and they're look, they're in a great position. I know they're doing their leaving cert at the moment, but when they do rejoin us whenever that is, um, uh, we're looking forward to having them back, and as I said, that's what drives us as as a team you know, competition from within. Fellas putting their hands up in in league games and in training games before championship. That's what that's what drives us on and um, and long may it last. You know, and look, there's plenty of there's plenty of other lads at nineteen and twenty and twenty one. Brian Grady's is, is has had a couple of starts in the league. Mark Winland started against Waterford. You know, so that's what you need. You need you need young lads driving you on all the time to, to make sure that we are that we are are trying to get better all the time. You know. Cheers, bud.
2: Hi Geroad, how are things? It's Conor McKenna here from Pundit Arena. Geroad, how did winning the All-Ireland in 2018, you had the homecoming in O'Connor down in, in, in uh, Gaelic Grounds even, and it was a big crowd there compared with winning the All-Ireland last year behind closed doors with no real
0: homecoming?
1: Yeah, was, as you can imagine, it was extremely different, Conor, but it was it was nice in a completely different way. That the kind of pressure was off, you know what I mean? We didn't have to be here or be there or be wherever. In 2018, don't get me wrong, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. There was all these different homecomings. Monday was in the gate the grounds. Tuesday was in the air. Wednesday was somewhere else. Thursday it went on for about a week. Um, and you kind of, you know, you were kind of half expected to be to be there, you know. And there was, it was a bit taxing. It was. It was no point in saying it wasn't. It was definitely taxing in the, in the months and in the weeks and months after the all ireland with the different school visits. And I'm sure, if you had the trophy, there was all sorts of different people who wanted a photo with you and did, did I forget somebody and so on and so forth. So after 2020 then, there was, we weren't even allowing the trophy into the, into the dressing room not to mind bringing home with us so it was extremely difficult but believe me it was it was it was still very very um enjoyable in a completely different way in terms of it, we were just able to kind of relax after the all Ireland. we were just we were kind of in our own bubble in a few weeks obviously during the championship we were in our own bubble in terms of we weren't really mixing with people outside our own bubble we were doing our best not to be Meeting up with friends as as kind of as negative and sad as it sounds because you couldn't really put yourself at risk if you're a close context one and so forth. So we were kind of in our own bubble. Then for the week, the week or two afterwards as well, which was which was uh, really really nice as you can imagine. Also, so yeah, it was extremely different, but it was just as enjoyable and it was much more relaxing than it was in 2018. But don't get me wrong, if I had to pick one it will be 2018. You know, hopefully fans can get back to games and we can get back to that level of emotion and enjoyment and colour and noise that you hear from the stands. So. Um, but I think things are looking way more positive now than say maybe this time last year.
2: And Gerrod, how does it compare playing the round robin format to the format that would be used this year and last year, and that was used before two thousand
1: seventeen? Yeah, I think the round robin format is is brilliant. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Ask ask spectators what do they want? They want to see more games. What do players want? They want more games. So I think the, I think the GA will, without a doubt, go back to the go back to the round robin format. Um, it's nice, you extra good for them as well, I suppose. Um so I think that, I think we will get back to that to that format maybe hopefully next year. Um but look, the, the current the, the championship last year and the championship this year is is fairly intense and it's fairly short. It's actually quite short this year and there's obviously a short run into it as well from the league. We've only two nights. It's actually probably there's a game the weekend after next, and obviously we're out the weekend after that. So um but yeah, look, as I said, it doesn't change too much. We go out, we, 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 we prepare for every game the same. As I said, we focus on ourselves and we do a small bit on the opposition, but um, you're just try and go out and win every game anyway, so it doesn't really change too much. But um, as I said, hopefully we, we will get back to the Brown-Robin series maybe next year. And
2: Roger, you, you heard with St. Patrick's in there, I think, in the club, hurling. but how much has the improvement in City Hurling in Limerick had to help Limerick Hurling?
1: Yeah, I was actually having a discussion with uh, one of the lads there this morning about about Irish school and, and and schools Hurling and colleges Hurling. Like, if you look back, I remember growing up 10, 15 years ago, like there wasn't many, off the top of my head, I don't think there was any schools, Jerome will probably know a bit more than I will, but I don't think there was any schools competing at at hearty level and there definitely wasn't, Huge success in UL or LIT, I know they wanted to, they bought one if it's given here and there, but you, you look at the standard of the hurling now with Mary I and UL and LIT, constantly been at the top table in colleges, hurling and Ard School are, the, are nearly the kingpins of, of the Hearty Cup, and all that feeds through. And then you have your academy, which is obviously well-renowned in Limerick as well, you know, so all that feeds through to the senior panel, and I suppose we're lucky. That all that planning has gone on over the last number of years and you have the likes of Colin O'Neill and, and, and Colin Cochran at eighteen years old, having the, the level of, of S and done and being able to come into a senior panel at their age, which I would absolutely not been able to do at eighteen years old and, and not alone um make make a championship panel, but actually being able to being able to compete for a starting place in a couple of weeks' time, you know. So it's it's brilliant. And I suppose we always I always have to have to thank my lucky stars and I'm just you know, on, on an elementary panel where i suppose there's so much work on on over the last of years and we're starting to bear, bear fruits of that now good man groan thanks very much for those
0: groan how are you doing shane stapleton here you well? how's it going sean good um i'm just you were talking earlier about Carolyn curd and you know sports psychology and, that, and i was just curious about your own path there the last few years because you know you had a brilliant 2018 then 2019 you were flying, obviously came back harder year in 2020 last year. But, you know, the Kilkenny all Ireland semi-final in 2019 didn't go your team's way. Probably personally didn't go your way as well. So I'm just wondering, back to the sports psychology, did you have much self-reflection? Did you feel you needed to do anything or just get back to basics? What, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I didn't change. I didn't change too much. In all honesty, in terms of in terms of the training I was doing or anything like that, um, I was actually I was listening to a really good podcast there recently about Stephen Gerrard and um, and his kind of career. And and he he, he mentioned something that, that that has stuck with me since. And he said he talked about how how a massive failure can actually be the catalyst for um, a period of success or or another massive achievement or or whatever it is. And it kind of it's funny, like you know. You can kind of sink or swim after a defeat like that um, in 2019. You know, as a team, obviously it was it was devastating. And you're you're right on a personal level, things didn't go my way that way. And it was probably uh, it definitely wasn't uh, a successful day in in a personal sense. But as I said, you can kind of sink or swim after that. You can go back to the drawing board and say, look, we're not good enough, and I. Couldn't really be bothered putting into work, or you can go back with the and and grit your teeth and get on with it, and and hopefully come back with a vengeance. And I, I think we did that in 2020. I suppose the challenge for us this year then is is to try see if we can if we can replicate that after the year we had in 2020. But um, but no, I, I didn't change too much. I didn't change too much. I suppose you kind of have to stick with the process. I know that's kind of a, a a saying that kind of gets a small bit of stick because it's such a general thing. But if you do stick with what you're doing and, and trust. That you are being that you are being coached and led in the right direction and trust that the work you're doing will get you to where you want to. It's it can be a it can be a powerful thing to to keep doing that over and over again. And it's it's nearly more satisfying than that after a failure like that, even though I was doing kind of the same thing that you come back the following year, even doing the same things, obviously changing a small few bits and pieces here and there. Um and to have obviously what happened last year is, is immense is immensely um is immensely enjoyable and, and satisfactory, you know
0: and if you were to sort of track the the biggest changes that have happened under John Kiley since he came in before the 2017 season what what would you say are the most dramatic changes that have been made to take you where you are
1: i think john is 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 an extremely intelligent man he's, he's obviously a, a principal of the abbey school in, in tipperary and i think he's 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 smart enough that he has surrounded himself with a, a, an unbelievable um team of coaches around them you know in fairness they've all been well been well talked about and they're all brilliant in their own way but I I do believe that that is that we're incredibly lucky we're incredibly lucky as as a group of players to have such exposure to such a high level high level coaching team you know the likes of they've all you've heard of them all at this stage you know but like we're not we're not we're not left wanting for anything you know in terms of feedback whether that be on your individual performance or, or on the team performance or coaching um you can always look for feedback off of any of the coaches it's not just paul you know he's paul is a very good uh group of coaches with him as well so i just i just think that's that we are that we are lucky to be to be involved in such a in such a high performance uh high profile setup it's kind of funny i was again on another podcast rio Ferdinand. uh he was talking about when he, he left united and went to qpr and how he was so shocked about um about how they how they how they how they train day to day and the stuff they were talking about in the dressing room and how they how they just acted and how they performed as as professionals. So how he, he was such a, he was so used to playing with United for 10-15 years and and their ways and the way they went about things. And then he left and went to QPR and he thought he'd be kind of getting the same exposure, but he wasn't. Obviously, he wasn't anywhere near the professional setup that United was. And I just I just kind of struck me again that we are lucky to be involved in such a high profile or such a high performance setup and. As I said, um, yeah, and as I said, that's that's kind of we're kind of lucky on our part,
0: you know. Mm. And just a, a final one then for me. Um, I think when teams start winning all Irelands, as you've uh, had, I suppose part of the motivation then is to leave a legacy, that type of stuff. I don't think Limerick have done back to back in their history. So, it, is there a talk of doing legacy to some degree, or that's probably not something that you're going to say publicly, anyway? Oh,
1: dude, honestly, we we haven't talked about we haven't talked about anything like that at all. I suppose at the end of the day, like, you, you have to remember that, like, I'm, I'm 26, and as I said, I'm nearly one of the older older panel members uh, on the team, and, like, we've so many young fellows, we've two 18-year-olds sitting there leaving, so do you think they're talking about legacy? They're not, you know, there's nobody talking about legacy in our camp. Uh, we just, as I said, I just honestly believe that if you have a mindset of trying to be the best you can be and trying to get the most out of yourself, but then see where that takes, so you can talk about legacy in 10, 15 years' time, you're sitting at the bar having a point to Guinness, Talking to other outlets around the pub, There'll be plenty of time to talk about that in time. But as you can imagine, we have two 18 year olds sitting in the Leaving's Earth at the moment. So you can imagine that there, there, there most certainly isn't any legacy talk out of our out of our camp, you know. So um leave that to other people. They can talk about what they want. You know, that's that's something that we maybe can talk about when we're when we're retired and uh, um down the line, you know. So we'll we'll see. We'll see where that gets us. Cheers, bro. Uh, lads, I'm just conscious of time here. We might take one last question for Garrod. If that's all right, we'll have
0: to switch the lads over.
2: Garrod, I just wanted to ask you about you playing Cork again in a couple of weeks. Uh, do you think they were trying to lull you into a false sense of security, maybe, with the last the last day?
1: I don't know. They might have been. I don't know. I, I I'm not obviously in their in their camp. I, I know they they had a couple of couple of lads that will probably be playing against us in a couple of weeks that weren't playing. Um, it will. It will be a different ball game in a few weeks' time. There's no point in saying it won't. We're not. We're not. Um, we're not. We're not believing that because we won the last. they will win again uh, easily. The next time or it will be even the same kind of game. You know. So um, it'll be interesting, without a doubt. Uh, we've had some great games against them over the last number of years, and and um, I think they've actually looked really, really good in the in the, some of the, I haven't watched much of the league this year, but anything. Anything I've seen from them, they've been they've been excellent um, and very, very dangerous looking on the attack. So. Um, I'm sure Saturday, Saturday, two weeks time will be will be very, very interesting.